Hello and welcome to Let It Be. This is episode number six. So, Brooke, I saw a quote the other day that said, courage is a love affair with the unknown. That's obviously all about uncertainty and getting comfortable with it. Where do you sit with uncertainty? I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation, actually, because I'm um, quite a fan of of uncertainty. (laughs) That's so weird. (laughs) I find that so weird. Are Are you not a control freak? Um. Oh, in part, yeah, it, which, is, which is what makes me it, – it's strange that I don't feel anxiety about uncertainty. Um, I, I probably used to. I definitely used to, actually. But I think over the past maybe five years or so, I've just become more and more okay with it to the point where I now almost seek it out and seek out change and new um, – you know, a new way of looking at things or a new environment or a new situation, uh, almost to the point where it's annoying because <laughs> I, I, I sort of seek out new things even when the current situation is serving me really well. Um, so I think part of it is tied into my impatience because I'm definitely an impatient kind of person. Like I don't mind doing work. I don't mind delayed gratification, um, but I also want to know. <laughs> so I guess in saying that, I, I have a weird relationship with uncertainty. <laughs> I'm okay with it, but I also kind of want to get to the end of it and know what I need to know. Well, that's so interesting because I'm going to need you to coach me in getting comfortable with uncertainty because actually that's that was, that's kind of my – well, that started out being my mission for 2016 because I finished up 2015 having had a really, really good year but finished it – there's a little bit of background uncertainty in our life at the moment. Um, nothing sinister, but it's just there. And I'm not cool with it because I feel like I've spent 38 years working really hard to get life under control and get it into a spot where I don't have to deal with uncertainty. And then what 2015 showed me is that you can't do that. You can't, no matter how much you like to think you can control life, you can't. Um, And I'm really struggling with that at the moment. So, you know, rationally, I understand it. But realistically, my brain is still wanting me to get everything under control. So I don't, I guess it comes down to I don't have to worry anymore um, and maybe that's not realistic either to have a life of no worry. What do you think? Yeah, no, I don't think that's realistic. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure, Brooke? Come on. There's got to be people out there that have just worry-free, completely worry-free lives and they know. like, you know. Yeah, you know, I don't know if, if there are or not because um, I think with like, responsibility and, you know, work and family and friendships and all those kinds of things, um, worry is part of it, but I don't think it should be the defining part of it. You know, um, like I, we've, got, we've both got two kids um, and I know some parents say that worry is kind of their, their baseline. <laughs> setting. You know? Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of the way they operate. It's always worry. Um, and I feel like that's, oh, I don't know, I think when you worry, you're trying to control the outcome of things and I just, I just don't know that that's, 
realistic necessarily you know, um, because there's there's a limit to what we can control. And something I, I think for me, and I guess it's probably why the last five years have seen me slowly become less worried uh, because I I constantly ask myself when I feel myself getting anxious about something or a potential situation or a, a situation that I've almost completely made up in my head, <laughs> um, you know, is this something that I can change? Can I do anything about this right now? And almost always the answer is no. So there's absolutely <laughs> yep. no point worrying about it, you know, and that's And it doesn't that, change the outcome, does it? It doesn't. Like, you know, whatever actually ends up happening, if something ends up happening or if that thing actually ends up happening, whatever the thing is that you're worrying about, um, the having worried about it doesn't really doesn't, – doesn't make it easier to take when it happens, does it? it? Like, no. I mean, and it also – like, that's part of it. And the other part is it's cost you so much in the mm. interim because you spend so much time being worried or being anxious or, you know, trying to control it. And that is time that you could have spent being present doing something else or, you know, energy that could have gone elsewhere. Um, and I think when I realized that and started to ask myself those questions can I do anything about it right now can I change it yes or no if I can change it if the answer is yes do I want to change it enough to actually go and change it um yes or no and if I can't change it then (laughs) stop worrying about it you know and I think once I started to to do that then I started to see the benefit of oh all this energy that I used to spend worrying about things can now go elsewhere um and that I think has been hugely liberating and beneficial to me because I was such a hardcore warrior. I mean, all the way through my teen years and my twenties, that probably was my baseline, you know, anxiety and worry. And it's um, only been the last few years that that's kind of slowly diminished. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, Our friend Carly the other day shared something on Instagram where she said, worry is literally betting against yourself, which really struck a chord with me because I was like, Oh, Actually, you know, it is pithy as it is. It kind of is betting against yourself, and that I'm someone that a rational, I, I can rationally look at all this stuff. What worry, what uncertainty does for me is it really triggers my anxiety, um, and I've had a really bad run with that the last few weeks. So that's why this is very front of mind with me at the moment. And I've just found it interesting over the last few weeks. So I've just tried. Every single mental trick, every rationalizing trick, every, yeah, literally every trick I've got in the book to, you know, exercise, mindfulness, meditation, you name it, I've tried it. And in the end, um, I've got um, medication that isn't everyday kind of medication. It's if you need it, use it, but don't use it everyday kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and after trying all these billions of things, in the end, I went, I'm just going to have to take the pill um, that I've got there and far out I took a bloody thing and it just worked such a treat and I was like far out what did I just spend the last (laughs) seven days like fighting this and it was just really interesting because it just I found it interesting in that I took the medication I took it for a couple days felt much better I've not taken it for a week now and everything so before if I thought about the thing that was making me anxious and worried bang, I'd just be like in the corner in the fetal position straight away. So I was trying not to think about it all the time. And I found that I've gotten to a spot now where I can think about it and not, yeah, not collapse in a heap on the floor. Um, so it was like a circuit breaker. 
Yeah, and it's just I just find the mind so interesting in that, you know, I'm my husband will probably laugh at this, but I I consider myself a fairly rational person in that I can step back from a problem, look at it and go, okay, why is it that you're feeling like this? What do you know about tackling this problem? Okay, what can you do? A bit like you outlined at the start, you know, is if is there something you can do? Okay, then do it. Is there nothing that you can do? Okay, well then you're just going to have to deal. Um, and it's just been a really interesting exercise. I wrote on my blog that um, something that really did actually help was um, to try and combat this uncertain feeling, I started making a list of everything that I that I was certain about in my life. Um, and the list was embarrassingly long. And, and, and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm a big fan of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So I went and checked out that pyramid and then even more embarrassingly discovered that basically every single one of the, the needs in that pyramid right to the top I could, I was certain about, I had it in my life. And that was a bit of a real, that was also a bit of a circuit breaker to realize, wow, there's this like one thing in your life that's a little bit uncertain, but look at all this other certainty that you've got. What are you on about, Kelly? Like, you know, get over it. Yeah. So it's like that, that ability to be able to step back and gain perspective on it too. And say like, like exactly what you just did. All of these other things are fine you know I'm comfortable in these things it's just this one thing that's causing me this kind of anxiety and then I guess working out ways that um, allow you to keep that anxiety in its place don't let it kind of filter into the rest of your life I think and that's I guess something that we all have to work out ways of doing that that actually work for us like putting it in a box isn't it like if you can just put it in a box and you go I know you're there and you know um, I'm not like forgetting about you, but I'm just going to put you in this box over here in my corner of my mind and deal with you when the time is appropriate. Exactly. And I think also part of it is not fighting the uncertainty because, you know, life is uncertain in a lot of different ways. We're never quite sure how things are going to turn out. And sort of railing against that and fighting against that is exhausting and it's it's the same as worry it's not going to necessarily change the outcome uh it just it is what it is and it's kind of approaching it as in maybe a more fluid way uh you know where you can rise and fall with the tide i guess uh you know and that that approach sort of helps me too i think yeah yeah i i you so you've probably you've learned to kind of you've actually said you seek it out sometimes but you've learned to really embrace uncertainty so like if you're embracing uncertainty what's the feeling that that gives you like so say if I if I look think about uncertainty I just literally quiver and my anxiety levels go through the roof so what does embracing uncertainty feel like for Brooke I get really excited (laughs) Um, at the potential like I feel like it opens the world up for me you know so um, Ben and I just decided he's he's just resigned from his full-time job we're going out on our own Um, and like yes it's uncertain and no we don't know what the next six months will look like for us but it's really exciting and it's really motivating I think when we jump or take a leap or open a door that we've previously kept closed I feel like potential and possibility open out in front of us and we we get motivated 
Um, you know, we get adventurous, we get excited. Um, like it's not something that we shrink back from. It's something yep. that we really try and um, – and, I mean, we don't have conversations where we're like, we're really going to try and embrace the uncertainty of this. Right? <laughs> it's just how we've kind of evolved over time. You know, and, and I get it. To me, it's kind of akin to the feeling of um, like travel and exploration and adventure, stuff that I really just get energized when I think about. You know, I often talk about uh, selling our house and just – becoming nomads nomad yeah and I, <laughs> which i would die I would. <laughs> so i just get this huge stupid grin on my face even thinking about it because i just feel like you know the world is an open book and an empty page just waiting for us to draw you know draw draw our story write our story on it and um you know it doesn't always play out in such grand ways like we haven't sold everything and become nomads <laughs> yep. yet <laughs> but um you know it's it's i guess it flows into smaller aspects uh of our of our day and you know i'm very much like well let's just try let's try let's experiment you know and i think maybe that's another way of looking at it i'm big on experimentation this year you know don't put yep. um an end result on something and say well if it does this it's a success if it does this it's a failure just experiment just try let's see you know so um that might also be another way of of kind of trying to embrace it if you take an experimentation approach rather than a um you know a results or end end goal kind of approach so that kind of brings to mind a couple years ago so i always choose a, a one word to guide my year um and a couple years ago, I entered the year and I was like, my my mantra was relax, nothing's under control. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote this blog post where I said, normally I would choose an intention for the year. I would choose a one word. But right now at that particular time in my life, I felt a bit like I was on a wave of momentum and I didn't know where it was going to take me, which is unusual for me because normally I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly what I need to do to get there. And, you know, and so I'm very driven in that direction. But I think at that time, um, I, Mia, my youngest, was about one or not quite one yet. And so I was kind of in that mode of, you know, don't push too hard. You've got a very young child. Um, just see where this wave takes you. So I said um, on my blog, I'm not going to choose a word to guide my year this year. I'm just going to go with it. Um, and everybody laughed at me, <laughs> <laughs> which was completely fair enough. But having said that, um, I did persist with that throughout the year. And I did, every time I caught myself kind of trying to wrestle something under control or get something into a you know a better a better spot, um, I just would pull back and go, no, just see what happens. Just see what happens without you pushing and making something happen. And it was, you know, it was a really good year. It was interesting. Of course, I'm not there now. I'm, you know, I've gone back to, no, I know where, you know, this is what I want from this year and this is what I want to celebrate. Um, but, yeah, I do do see what you're coming from and I really love that idea of of looking at uncertainty and looking at it as, yeah, as potential, like we don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, at the end, yeah, you know, and, you know, at the base of it all is 
whatever happens, are we going to be out on the street without a roof over our head or, uh, you know, or anything like that? Nope. So I kind of always go, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Yeah. Um, out on the street with no yeah i do think that's helpful like i i'll often say well this this is not going to kill us we will not literally die because of this (laughs) yeah um and it kind of dials yeah i'm not putting my yeah i'm not putting my family in any kind of mortal danger by making this decision exactly but i mean what you said before um talking about not pushing um you know in that year of kind of relaxing and and understanding (laughs) nothing is under control that's also interestingly how ben and i tend to make our big decisions um because this this um you know us going out and creating our company and that kind of thing that has been something we've spoken about for quite a long time and so you know we we embrace uncertainty but we don't do it in a risky stupid kind of way we're not like this is not a um, you know, an overnight kind of decision that we've just come to. We've spoken about it for many, many months and we've had false starts and, you know, timing that just wasn't right. right. And I don't think timing is ever perfect, particularly. Yeah, I was just going to say that because it's, you know, it's not like you've done it now and now is the exact perfect time for you to be doing this. This is just a time. Yep. And it that just became it works. exactly. So you know, when we decided to sell our house a few years ago, um, we'd kind of spoken about it, but it, nothing felt right, and we didn't. We never pushed the decision. Like, or rather, when we found ourselves pushing for the decision, we're like, "This is not the, the time. Is not right. Like, there's never a perfect right time, but there are times when it's definitely not the right yes. time." Yes. So, you know, we agonized over this decision about what to do with our future and our work and stuff for months and we decided to stop agonizing about it because the time was not right. And it was – that's why the conversation kind of came and and happened so easily because the time appeared, you know, and and we'd we'd processed what we needed to process and the risks that that were there before had, you know, diminished. So the time was – less wrong better better and is it kind of a bit of a gut thing as well like because I find you know I really feel that us humans we tend to not trust our guts very well do you agree with that I do and I know personally that whenever I do trust it it works out yeah I mean it's very hard for you like if there's a you know there's a difference between "Mm, I'm not sure back and forth back and forth with each other and when you've just got that feeling in your gut where you go I just know this is not the right time or I just know that this, I just have a feeling this is the right time to do this thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think embrace that to a certain extent, you know. um, I'm more optimistic and dreamy than he's very very rational. um, So we kind of balance each other out really nicely in that. Way. Is he a dream killer or is he a dream or because I feel like I'm a bit the dream killer in our relationship, like I'm the pr- very practical one. Like that's a nice idea but yeah, what about I mean, <laughs> sometimes He'll say things like that sometimes but it's never shut down. Like it's yeah. never, that's a dumb idea, um, you know, unless it is a dumb idea because I have <laughs> Um But it's he kind of balances things out and he's much more patient than I am too. I think if it was just up to me, it would be um, – Here's this idea, my intuition, my gut is telling me it's a good one, my gut is telling me now is the time, let's jump in like both feet. Um, And that works really well when it's tempered with someone else who's going, yeah, no, I agree with all those things, let's consider these three really important things before we do that. Yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, it's so good to have that sounding board, isn't it? Because, yeah, as much as we do want to trust our guts, we still 
still need that person to bounce off and go, look, this is what I think, but maybe I'm just dreaming. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. And I think, but then I, you know, and the the flip side of it is. Ben um, has agreed to to do things that maybe he wouldn't have agreed to before because I'm so, um, you know, taken with an idea. So it kind of – he was always really risk-averse and I was definitely not. Um, (laughs) And kind of meeting in the middle and sometimes me becoming more, you know, risk-averse, I guess, or at least paying attention to to risks and then other times – He's kind of embracing the, let's just do it. Let's do it. We're not going to die. We're not going to lose our house. We're not going to do anything stupid. Uh, so let's do it. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's kind of really, it's a combination of intuition, paying attention to our gut and being okay with not knowing is probably our approach to, to dealing with uncertainty. The other thing is I've learned over the last few years because some really horrible stuff has kind of gone on mm. um, with me personally and they were really uncertain and uncomfortable experiences, horrible things that, you know, I regret the impact that they've had on my family. But out of that have come, has come this, you know, this conversation yeah. and my <laughs> blog and my work. And that's all come from, you know, crumbling and, and having a, a breakdown and, you know, severe postnatal depression. Like that all led to this. So I think also I'm, I've learnt to understand that often not always horrible things um, will potentially lead to a realization or an experience or a change or a shift or you know um, and and I think that's part of why I'm also okay with uncertainty and discomfort definitely it sounds like there's there's two things at work there and I don't know if this might be a good place to end but I'll just throw these out there um so one is what I've heard Darren Rouse say before, Darren Rouse, who's pro blogger, where he said instead of thinking what's the worst that can happen, think about what's the best that can happen, mm-hmm. which is I think you know, a way to, to get excited about uncertainty and really embrace it. Um, but there's also the thing I've heard, and again, very pithy, but it's that saying where everything will be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. Yeah, and I agree with that. You know, I, I do I – do kind of subscribe to that quite a lot and I think well I think we've both learned that that is kind of how life works yeah. it, we our own experiences have shown that yeah shit things happen you don't want to be there you don't want to deal with them but you just do and then you come out the other side and you always come out of the other side better like in some you know some way shape or form like you may not come out of the other side unscathed mm. but you certainly come out come out a better person and a more experienced person and you're also able to make sure similar things don't happen again in the future which is you know when you're a control freak good to know (laughs) (laughs) that's a nice bow to put in i think thank you for listening to this episode of let it be if you want to connect with kelly or myself you can find us on social media kelly is at kelly exeter on twitter And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag LetItBePod or uh, head over to LetItBe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt 
you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. That would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. Jackrabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.